We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible Podcast, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Justin Graver here, as always, joined by Justin Mello. We are here to talk about mandatory minicamp for the Titans, which starts this week, Tuesday, the day this show comes out to be exact. A few things from last week to catch up on. Justin, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing well. We actually have, I feel like I start every episode like this, but we actually have quite a few things to talk about. A lot of things we missed last week, unfortunately, because as soon as we released the pod, uh, I think the the running joke on Twitter was the assistant coaches held a tell-all and they revealed so much information that was very unlike the Titans coaching staff. They must have gotten a green light from Mike Vrabel or or, or there was a bunch of slip-ups, right? One way or another. Uh, and the mandatory minicamp is here, Tuesday, June 14th, running through Thursday the 16th. So quite a bit to talk about there because I have some things that I'm specifically looking for. Yes, nice. We're going to get into what to watch for at mandatory minicamp, what we're looking for specifically. Maybe we'll learn some stuff about some position battles, about some players. Um, but let's get into the things that happened last week because last Tuesday we – the Titans keep planning practices and media days for Tuesdays, and we tape our podcast on Monday, and then all this information comes out on Tuesday, and we miss everything. But we're going to get into it. So the number one story, I think, that came out last week, which we all – I mean we all, like you and I and the people we are in an echo chamber with, assumed that this was the case for Traylon Burks, who missed some of those early OTA practices or had to go inside early because he was dealing with breathing issues, and we we're all like, oh, he probably has asthma. Well, now we have confirmation from Rob Moore, wide receivers coach, that Traylon Burks has asthma. The Titans knew about this. Obviously, the tight like every team knew about this because these kids go through extensive medical checks and rechecks. Like, there's no way anyone didn't know Burks had asthma. A lot of people made a big deal out of it last week. You know, it's it's June, it's summer. It's like, what are we even going to talk about? We had articles on the internet s- swirling about that were like the 10 greatest athletes of all time who had <laughs> asthma. And like Jared Stillman's talking like, is this going to derail Traylon Burke's career because he has asthma? It's like, <laughs> no, who cares? I mean, it's important to note, but ultimately like the Titans knew about this. They know about this. They know how to manage this. He's definitely not the only player. With asthma, what are your thoughts on the Traylon Burks asthma gate situation? Yeah, I guess it's good to finally kind of get confirmation on it. It's better than, you know, he's 245 pounds. Like there was one rumor out there that he played at like 240 this past season at Arkansas. And he's just out of shape and can't breathe, right? Like I think that would have been a lot worse, obviously, right? Than, than he has asthma, right? So, I mean, it is what it is. Titans knew about it pre-draft, as you mentioned. Uh, Vrabel, I think, it was, I think it was Vrabel who confirmed that after he was asked about it because Rob Moore had mentioned uh, that he is asthmatic. Um, it's a big nothing burger kind of thing. Like you, like I, one of my favorite phrases, it's a big nothing burger moving on right i mean it's it's not going to prevent him from becoming a good nfl receiver it's not going to keep him out of games on sundays it's not going to you know force him to exit games and crucial stretches like it's 
It's re- it's really nothing. If Traylon Burks doesn't become a good NFL receiver, it's not because he has asthma, right? There will be another reason why. Either uh, uh, just doesn't have the skill set, work ethic, attitude, whatever it is, but it's not going to be because of asthma. So it is what it is moving on from it. Yeah, and we will move on as well. Talking now about the offensive line. Lots of talk, at least on this podcast, about what's going to happen at left guard, what's going to happen at right tackle, these big position battles. Who's even competing, we've asked the question. Well, Keith Carter gave us a lot of information last week. Let us know that Dylan Radins is indeed spending most of his time at right tackle. Not all of it, but most of it. And uh, probably the in-house favorite to win the right tackle job. We also know now that Aaron Brewer and Jamarco Jones, Aaron Brewer, been with the Titans for a few years, is that reserve interior swing guy. Jamarco Jones signed this offseason. That those two guys are battling it out for the left guard spot. If I had to guess today, assuming the Titans don't end up signing somebody, which you and I have speculated a lot about on this podcast, I would say Raidens will probably be your right tackle. Jamarco Jones will probably be your left guard. Aaron Brewer will likely stay that reserve swing interior guy who can play all three interior spots and who knows who what who ends up being the swing tackle nowadays with um you know dennis kelly had that role for a while he's gone uh david questenberry sort of had that role kendall lamb sort of had that role both of those guys are gone jamarco jones was signed you think maybe he has that role but now he's not uh he's now I mean, in the mix to be your starting left guard, so he's not going to be playing right tackle if he's your left guard. Maybe it's the rookie, Nicholas Petit-Frere. Who knows who the swing tackle is, but your thoughts on what we learned about the O-line last week. Yeah, it was nice to hear Keith Carter confirm all those things. As you know, with, with, especially, you know, with me, those are things that I was kind of expecting, but it's certainly nice. And, and I'll say this, at right tackle, um, it doesn't even sound like there's a competition. Right. Like, I mean, who uh, Nicholas Petit Friere, there's no way he's going to come in and, 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 and take that right tackle job as a rookie. At least that's how I, I feel very strongly about that. And, and there doesn't really feel like they're setting it up that way. Right. There, there's no competition here. Yes. Raiders is apparently still spending some time at guard, I guess, very occasionally. But, you know, Vrabel's now said it. Keith Carter has said it. Spending most of his time at right tackle. Heck, uh, a video that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, Tehran spent time, I guess, with Raidens at one of those practices. Uh, I didn't see a whole, a, a large media scrum there, but TD had this video where Raidens straight up admits, and I'm like, good for him. No, no, no shit, right? Where he said that it, it really felt good to finally be focusing on one position kind of thing, right? <laughs> I think that'll surprise no one, right? That, that the player himself would feel that way. He just got married, by the way. Uh, that, that had his bachelor party recently, as we, we kind of all saw that, just got married. So uh, he's heading into mandatory minicamp, a new man, a married man, and hopefully very focused on um, being that right tackle for them week one, which I think he will be. Uh, you know, it's nice to have that mystery sort of go away, right? The mystery of Dylan Radins. Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Do they draft a guy that they think is just a swing backup that can play all five positions? draft that in the second round is, is obviously not the, the smartest use of resources. I was never overly worried that was the case. I, I just think it kind of reinforces this team takes their time with rookies, right? They're very careful with them. They bring them along slowly. Then you, you, you factor in that he was a guy that didn't get to play his final season because of COVID. I uh, played literally one game. They had one game that final year at North Dakota state. Then he goes to the senior bowl on top of it. He's a small school guy. So all this for me to say, just relax, you know, take a breather. The guy, they brought him along slowly. It is what it is. 
I think it's very clear that he's going to be their right tackle in week one. I'd be really shocked at this point if he wasn't. Um, switching over to the guard competition, again, very nice to have Coach Carter confirm that that's the case. It's, it's Aaron Brewer or Jamarco Jones. We're probably going to spend a lot of time talking about this throughout the summer, to be honest with you. And eventually we'll, we'll sound like a broken record or we're beating a dead horse, but it's really one to watch all summer long, right? It's, it's, it's important. And I, and I don't think you're going to get a starter name there uh, probably until we're very pretty late into this thing, right? Like I don't think they're going to name a starter uh, before the preseason, for example, right? This thing will probably drag on and carry on throughout training camp and three preseason games potentially. So worth watching. I agree with you. I think Jamarco Jones is, is the, hands-on favorite I've sort of had this theory I think I've mentioned on here before that I really feel they identified him uh you know before of course before free agency even started as a low-cost option at left guard they signed him on the first day of the legal tampering window right like those moves aren't made unless they've been vetted and, and discussed for weeks even who knows even longer than that on end right so uh very clearly to me that they identified and zeroed in on jamarco jones in my opinion as a potential low cost roger saffold replacement i say low cost because they knew that you know they were cutting him they, they had to free up some cash they were a little tight against salary cap this summer i think they specifically went into and keep in mind teams have guys uh, who have this job, right? Like who all they do is compile lists of uh, impending free agents. What are they going to cost? Yada, yada. I really think they kind of identified Jamarco Jones as a low cost Roger Saffold replacement, zeroed in on him and signed him literally right away. So that's sort of a theory I have. I think he is going to be the starting left guard at this point, but that is a competition that'll be worth watching close. We really like Aaron Brewer too, right? Former UDFA out of Texas State, third year. Uh, this will be on the roster. I think he's almost guaranteed a roster spot. Uh, third year UDFA can play guard, can play center a little bit. Mostly has been at guard and has played well, right? Everyone remembers he started against the Rams, I think at right guard this past year when Nate Davis was dealing with his concussion issues. Had a great game against Aaron Donald for crying out loud. And you go back and turn the tape on in that game. He's holding his own against Donald, right? It's really, really impressive. The battle of two guys with shorter arms, right? As some can say. Um, and then left guard the year before against the Ravens, right? When uh, Saffold missed that game, he put on a clinic in that one. So uh, good player, but I think this is Jamarco Jones's job for the taking. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think, like you said, we're going to be talking about this all summer long. I can't wait until, I guess, if you're listening to this today on Tuesday, you're going to see tweets so-and-so is working with the first team offensive line, whatever. And I bet it's going to be Jones is working with the first team and Raiden's is working with the first team. And we're going to see a lot of that, but that doesn't mean necessarily a whole lot right now. It's very early on, but I do think that if you had to pick favorites for those two jobs, those are the two guys that would be expected to win them. All right, let's talk now about a couple of injuries. Quickly get through these because they're not huge roles for the team but sad to see guys season end so soon uh tight end tommy hudson who we know that their seasons are over we don't but i mean carted off the field as a fourth or fifth or maybe sixth string tight end you're it's a very uphill battle for tommy hudson now hate to see that happen to him a guy a big guy with potential to maybe break into the tight end room but probably not going to happen now unless he has a minor injury and was carted off for precautionary reasons only. And then the UDFA kicker, Caleb Shudak, also injured. Not sure how serious that one is, but I'm sure we'll find out more soon. Um, any thoughts on these two guys? 
No, you'd like to see both of them come back and, and be healthy and a chance to compete. Tommy Hudson was on the team last year, right? So he's a guy that they, you know, they like enough. I agree that he, he's probably on the outside looking in even when healthy because they have Jeff Swain and they drafted Chico Quanquo and, of course, brought in Austin Hooper. So unless they keep four tight ends, which I don't think they will this year, a bit of an uphill battle for Tommy Hudson. But it, injuries happen too, right? Knock on wood, something could happen to Jeff Swain or, or Chicken Quanquo. Like Tommy Hudson's right there on the cusp, in my opinion. With the kicker, you know, really good kicker at Iowa, Caleb Chudak was. Hope he can come back and compete for that starting kicker job. Uh, Randy Bullock, of course, had a, a pretty damn good year last year. So it was going to be tough for Shudak, but not impossible, I would say. Not impossible. I don't think, you know, if Gregory were to struggle throughout camp and, and Shudak would be lights out, not impossible that he could dethrone him. So I just hope both guys, I hope you were right about Hudson, could be precautionary. We don't really know yet. We'd love to see them both come back and compete. Yeah, Hudson spent the last two years on the practice squad. Um, so still has eligibility to stay there or who knows may end up on injured reserve we'll see what happens uh when the reports start coming out from minicamp and and beyond but let's talk about minicamp now because you know this is going to be the first chance we really have to see this team together what is the difference first of all justin if you could set this up for our listeners between all the otas practices the titans have been having over the last month or so and this three-day stretch now with, with mandatory minicamp, aside from it being mandatory, what are really the, some of the differences here? Well, mandatory is the key word, right? Because a lot of what they've been holding uh, previously to this was voluntary, right? And a lot of guys stayed away. Derrick Henry wasn't there. Jeffrey Simmons wasn't there. Bud Dupree, Nate Davis, I believe Harold Landry wasn't there. Like a lot of these really their a lot of their best players weren't there right I think Kevin Byard was there Taylor Lewan was there but outside of them two uh really none of these other you know important veterans were there so uh this is mandatory three-day camp June 14th to the 16th um it really represents the first time uh the entire team was going to take the practice field together you know ahead of the 2022 season when I say that I'm talking again what I just said not only veterans but also draft picks undrafted free agents uh, some of their free agent acquisitions so really the whole team together and again going back to the word mandatory if you're not there you're under contract and you're not there uh you will be fined right and and find a decent amount of money so uh we're uh, of the expectation that everyone's going to be there because no one wants to lose what is it like fifty thousand dollars a day i I think it is they can suspend you uh, or they can fine you for i should say um teron davenport from espn reported that derrick henry and jeffrey simmons will be there um, I, I don't think that's really a surprise to most of us. I guess uh, that Jared Stillman guy who thought Henry was holding out, but he's sort of in the business of just this, you know, kind of spewing nonsense, right? So, so to speak. So, uh, really not overly sh- shocked that Henry and, and Simmons are, are, are going to be there. Neither players holding out for a new contract. I mean, it, it is what it is. They'll be there. They don't want to get fined. So, uh, it, this again, three day camp, everyone together. There are a lot of things I'm looking forward to. I'll, I'll, I'll want to get into us in, in one second or, or so. But um, Taylor Lewan took to t- took to Twitter uh, uh, to plead Mike Vrabel, uh, jokingly I believe, to cancel mandatory minicamp because it is going to be hot in Nashville this week. It's going to be really hot. I think you pulled up the temperature. It's going to be crazy. These guys are going to be melting out there. Uh, and just so people know, it's not impossible. Vrabel does have the power uh, to do that, right? If you go over to our AFC South friends. Uh, in Jacksonville, uh, a little bit su- surprising to me, veteran head coach, again, his first year on the job makes it even more surprising. Doug Peterson, uh, he just excused the veterans from mandatory minicamp. So I guess they're just getting together 
their rookies and their UDFAs. It's almost like another rookie minicamp. I don't really get the point of that, to be honest with you, especially when you're a first-year head coach and you're still getting to know your team and you're not a good team, right? Like you've had the number one pick two years in a row. I would think you need all the work you can get, but hey, uh, some of these guys, uh, they'll appreciate it. There's no denying players, coaches, sometimes they'll appreciate being excused from this. Uh, but I don't think Vrabel's going to do it. What do you think? <laughs> no, I don't think that they will be canceling mandatory minicamp, especially because, you know, teams haven't had off-season programs the last couple of years because of COVID, and most of those things have been suspended or scaled back. Um, so this will be a chance for the team to get together and see where they're at in June before they head into their break before training camp. It's the last time the team gets to be together before then. And I did pull up the forecast, the highs, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week in Nashville, 99 degrees, 98 degrees, 100 Ooh. degrees. That's Fahrenheit. Now, Justin, I don't know, Canada. Uh, yeah, I mean, it means nothing to me. I'm pretending to react. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. <laughs> no, no um, uh, it's going to be hot. Now, I'll, I'll tell a quick, I think I probably told this story before, but um, I'll never go back to Nashville in July, August, or September, or even June, I should say. June, July, August, September. I don't think I'll ever go back. Um, I went to uh, the home opener against the Colts a few years ago when they retired Steve McNair and Eddie, George, uh, Eddie George's jerseys, uh, the numbers, hung them in the rafters. Um, just my luck, again, you, you all remember I'm from Toronto, Canada, it, and it gets hot in Toronto. No misconception. I don't know, oh, Toronto, Canada, it's cold all the time. It's always snowing. You live in igloos. It gets hot in Toronto, okay? Like, it, the summer gets hot. I don't know that it, it's not Texas hot or Nashville hot or Arizona, California, Vegas, but it's hot. It's humid in Toronto, right? That's the problem is the humidity is, is a pain in the ass. So it, it gets really hot in Toronto as well. Um, but that game, Titans-Colts, just my luck, hottest game in Titans history. That was the game, if you'll remember, where they had the fire. The fire had the, they had the, 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 the issue with the, the pyrotechnics or whatever. Uh, the fireworks had the issue. And uh, the stadium, uh, part of the field caught on fire. It was already hot in that thing before that. It made it so much worse. But that game was so damn hot. Like, I was insanely uncomfortable at that game. Every time the water guy walked by, I don't care if water was $10. Me and my, my partner were just like, yep, send some water this way. Send some water this way. Like, I was just, we, me and my girlfriend, we spent $50, $60 on water at that game. It was just ridiculous. So I don't think I'll ever go back in September. So I feel you, Taylor Lewan. I, I, I can't imagine what it feels like there right now. And to go into a three-day mandatory minicamp, it's going to be hot. Yeah, and there's a chance a team practices inside the bubble, moves stuff in the, into the bubble if things are too hot. But it's also a good way to like get conditioned for, like you said, September in Nashville. Those early home games could be this level of heat. So. Home opener, New York Giants, week one, right? So yep. um, one thing we should note, uh, it's not impossible. I think if you look at Vrabel's history, the third day of minicamp, he's often used it as like a weight room day, a lifting day. So he hasn't fully excused the team, but he hasn't really made them go through a practice, either just a walkthrough yeah. or a lifting session. So I think that's very possible this year as well, that they won't use that, that final day uh, to legitimately hold two a days, right? Which you, you are allowed to do under the, under the agreement with the league. Um, and, and I believe the 14th, Tuesday, the 14th, that's the only day that's actually open to the media, like open session. So uh, we'll probably get a lot more, uh, news and nuggets coming out on the 14th than we may on the 15th or 16th. But how about we get into some quick things to look for? What do you say? Yeah, let's do that. So one of the things I'll be looking for is, as we open minicamp right now, is where is Traylon Burks in the wide receiver pecking order? Because this will be the first chance to see them do full team stuff with the whole roster there. 
And is Traylon Burks out there with the first team? Is he running with the second or third team as they try to bring him up to speed? Is he out there at all with asthma issues to work through? That's my biggest question. And him, not only Traylon Burks, but also Kyle Phillips, the other rookie receiver they drafted, to see this is a, a fully rebuilt wide receiver room now. I mean, Nick Westbrook-Akina is the incumbent veteran guy veteran. in the room, which is crazy to, to think about. You know, A.J. Brown's gone, Julio Jones is gone, Chester Rogers is gone. A lot of the guys that we've been used to seeing catch passes in Titans uniforms in the last three to five years, those guys aren't on the team anymore. So is Robert Woods lining up like a number one receiver? Who's first in line for the receiver drills when they do one-on-ones against the cornerbacks? Who's winning those 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 drills and those battles? I'm really interested to see that because I think a lot of the success of the offense this season is going to hinge on how good that wide receiver group turns out to be with the two rookies playing key roles. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point. And it'll be, I'm curious to see which underrated or unknown receiver ends up getting first team reps because you know what's going to happen at some point. I'll make a prediction that it's Josh Malone. That's who I think is going to get more reps right now than anyone thinks he may. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. But I do like I like where you're thinking because you can almost guarantee Nick Westbrook's going to get first team reps. Let's oh, be honest, he's going right? to line up with Robert Woods. It's going to be him and Robert Woods as like the two – they're going to come out for like their first team period play in 12 personnel. And it's going to be Woods and Westbrook Aquina as the receivers on the field. And everyone's going to be like, oh my God, Traylon Burks is a bust. And it's like, it's the first day of minicamp. Everyone calm down. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who's in the slot, right? Like, will it be Kyle Phillips, right? Will they give him, uh, will they afford him that opportunity as, as a fifth, fifth round rookie or sixth round rookie? One, one of the two. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm looking, I don't know so much that I'm looking for, because I won't pretend like we're going to know this, you and I potentially, or have the answer, but I want to educate our listeners on one thing I think the coaching staff uh, will be, not, not that I think they will be looking for, I know they'll be looking for. Um, I mentioned earlier, first time you get the veterans and the rookies, the UDFAs all together on the field at the same time. This makes for a great measuring stick for coaching staffs to not only, of course, see where rookies are uh, from a developmental aspect, but also just kind of get a feel for where they might be um, alongside these veterans. There, And it's not just the straightforward ones that I'm thinking of. Yes, you think of a Traylon Burks and how he looks next to a Robert Woods. Well, you can literally go through this entire roster and especially when it comes to the rookies the UDFAs how does uh Hassan Haskins how does he look next to Dontrell Hillier right a guy that was in this offense last year and understands and is good in pass protection and can catch the football how does he work alongside him because we're not going to bother comparing those guys to Derrick Henry right Derrick Henry's a unicorn but how does Haskins look next to Dontrell Hillier same goes for a UDFA running back um uh the, the kid from Sacred Heart Julius Chestnut right how does he look next to Hilliard and Haskins right uh, I look on the D-line there's so much to look for there in my opinion you got a couple intriguing UDFAs right the kid from Maryland uh, I forget getting how to pronounce his last name. I'll be honest with you. This Sam Okayinku, I believe it is, uh, or something <laughs> along those lines. And you got Jaden Peavy from Texas A&M. You got Haskell Garrett from Ohio State. Peavy and Garrett especially come in um, with a little bit of hype, right? Garrett, they gave a huge signing bonus to. He was a well-known guy because he was at Ohio State. 
Peavy, a lot of length, speed, uh, you know, a very intriguing prospects, height, weight, length, all those things, right? How do they look next to even guys like Laurel Murchison, T.R. Tart, and Naquan Jones, right? Jones being having a year under his belt experience, Tart having, uh, I believe, two, and Murchison having two as well, I believe, right? So how do they all look together? Because there's some interesting battles going on there. I can go on and on. Offensive line, you mentioned the swing tackle earlier. Who gets those reps early? Is it going to be uh, a, a rookie, right? And Nicholas Petit Friere, the kid out of Ohio State. Is it, don't be shocked. Is it a guy like Christian Delaro, who was there last year, is on the practice squad and has seemingly built a really good relationship with his teammates? If you follow them on Instagram, he's always around Taylor Lewan and, 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 and Jordan Roos, right? Uh, who's got the fantastic, the majestic hair and beard. And they're always around Dylan Radins, right? So who's going to be that swing tackle? Because I don't know. Who's going to work with the second team O-line? Because I have a lot of questions there. As soon as you get to that seventh, eighth, and ninth O-line, a lot of questions. Uh, at corner, Caleb Farley, right? How does he work versus a Roger? Of course, health-wise, that's huge for him. But a Roger McCreary, right? Even uh, 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 veterans like Chris Jackson, Buster Street. I don't even... I'm not even as concerned with seeing Farley compared to McCreary. I want to see Farley one-on-one with the Titans receiving core. How does this guy look coming off the injury? Does he look fast they say he's put on weight that's good weight muscle weight how big and strong does he look how well does he move and what is what do his coverage skills look like fluidity wise with the you know coming off a torn knee torn up acl like surgically repaired knee how does it look in actual live speed and obviously they've been doing all this stuff at otas but let's see it with with the whole team there one-on-ones cornerbacks versus receivers and team periods with all the corners out there and on the cornerback note who lines up at cornerback too? Is it Caleb Farley? Does he get the nod right off the bat to in the starting group with the with the secondary? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it, I'll make a prediction that it will be Caleb Farley. Now he might he's been in the yellow jersey, right? Like the it better be. <laughs> if not, that's a I mean that's not a good sign if it's not Caleb Farley. And I can't imagine who would be in his place, right? Because I I don't think they would put Roger McCreary over him. I, I can't imagine they would do that. Um, yeah. Would they put a Buster Screen or a Chris Jackson? I don't think so. Uh, they're more likely than a McCreary, I'll say that, just because they've been there, right? And the way this this team kind of goes about, again, bringing rookies along slowly. But there's just – I can go on and on, right? Uh, depth at safety. I'm curious about who works in behind Byard and Hooker. Uh, at, at linebacker, um, tight end, what does that look like, right, with Jeff Swain and, and Chigo Quanquo? Like, there, there, there are a lot of things to watch here, and, I, and I'm super excited. We didn't even mention Malik Willis yet, like, who, who I think, you know, everyone's anxious and excited to get a look at, um, especially next to, you know, of course, with Ryan Tannehill, and, and they've been there already together. But now you've got, like you said, these team periods, these, these one-on-ones, these seven-on-sevens, all, the, all, all, all these – uh, drills that they're able to run through. Uh, really exciting to see all of that come together. One, la- one last thing I'll say on the point that I made about um, uh, teams learning a lot. I've heard all kinds of crazy stories. Like, yes, you learn a lot at rookie mini camp because uh, I've heard teams, I- I've heard coaches panic. Like, why does our UDFA t- tight end look bigger, faster, stronger than the one we drafted in the third round? Right. Like there's all these crazy, you know, even some of these coaches, sometimes they panic or they get anxious or they overreact a little bit to what they see first. But you're really going to start to get a clear picture when you see the whole team together for the first time and you see these guys next to the veterans. Yeah. And you, you make a great point with Malik Willis there. I mean, I don't I, I guess I'm just excited to see what he looks like, but I will continue to say, like, his impact in 2022 is going to be capped off at motivating Ryan Tannehill 
to like play well, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe you see him in a few package goal line situations, but like they're not going to reveal that during mandatory mini camp, especially not on the media day Tuesday. Maybe they do that Wednesday, Thursday, because this is install period time. But I mean, I don't even expect that. Like, let the kid study to become an NFL quarterback, not to become a gimmick type of player, you know? So I don't know. I just want to see the ball coming out of his hand and in some fun hype videos more than anything. Yeah, I, I would say that um, preseason is uh, is Malik Willis's time to shine, and we'll get there. One thing I will say quickly before we probably hop off here in a few minutes is that um, uh, NFL Network announced their slate of, uh, and you're the NFL employer, you, know, you should be saying this, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go for it. They announced their slate of 22 live preseason games. They'll be carrying up throughout the month of August. Now, I believe they'll be showing every single preseason game, whether that's live or via tape delay. But they announced a slate of 22 games that will be live. Uh, the, and the Titans got one of them. It's a week two game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe it's a home game. I believe it's in Tennessee. Um, so that'll be fun. That'll be nationally televised. It'll be Malik Willis's first time uh, in a nationally televised contest. Look, we know it's preseason. And we'll it, hopefully, knock on wood, of course, won't be the first time we're seeing Malik Willis because they do have a preseason week one game against Baltimore. But don't forget, too, a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, they tend to get a lot better week two of the preseason than they were in week one, right? Kind of ironing out those jitters. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're still learning. And of course, you know, he'll still be learning week two of the preseason, but it does give you a chance to maybe correct some of the mistakes you may have made in week one. So that'll be really exciting to watch that nationally televised uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Tom Brady probably won't feature for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, but one quarterback that will feature a lot is Malik Willis. So that should be exciting. Yeah, Malik Willis versus Kyle Trask. That'll be a fun game. Blaine Gabbert. Titans legend Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert might see a lot of reps in that one. <laughs> yeah, and it, it'll be – I mean, this is a long way off, but I will be curious to see if Logan Woodside or Malik Willis, like, starts – some oh, it's going to be Logan games. Woodside. You know, yeah. Rabel's going to throw a wet blanket on this thing. Everyone's excited to see Malik Willis. It'll be Logan Woodside for sure. <laughs> well, that's one thing I'm looking for in this mandatory minicamp is who's QB2? Who's taking second team quarterback reps? Because I think you're right. I think it will be Logan Woodside. But let's just see. You never know. I mean, yeah. apparently Malik Willis is a quick study. Yeah, that would be nice. All right. Any last thoughts about minicamp before we wrap this episode up? No, that does it, man. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. I, I think you're going to get a lot of interesting information tomorrow. Probably a lot of good talking points. A lot of stories that are actually worth the time. Unlike this, you know, Derrick Henry could be holding out or this or who has asthma, who doesn't. No, we'll probably get some really good, interesting nuggets um, throughout the course of the week. And I, I think most of it will probably come on, on Tuesday. And if you are uh, a hardcore listener, that's the day you're listening to this episode. So uh, look, stay tuned to that and very excited to see what's to come. Nice. All right. Well, that will wrap up this episode of the Music City Audible podcast. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. We will be back next week. We'll kind of recap our top takeaways from this mini camp and look ahead to the summer of breakness where nothing happens until training camp in late July. But we'll have content for you all summer long. Don't yeah, worry. We're going to keep you thing. guys engaged. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we are going to keep you guys engaged throughout the summer. We're going to bring on some terrific guests, have some great conversation. We don't, you know, you know, this show usually doesn't do a lot of guests in the summer. We do that week one through 17 in the playoffs where we bring on a guest from another team. But here we're going to bring on some local guys. We're going to bring on local members of media. We'll, we'll see. We might have a couple surprises up our sleeve, uh, but we're going to have some great uh, engaging content to get you through that the, the, the break of summer. That's right. So stick with us throughout the summer, even when football is not happening. 
And we'll be back next week. Remember, you can follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. That'll do it. Until next week, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.